Hello everyone, you're listening to Affiliate Journey and I'm your host Miodrag Milenković. Alright, happy Friday everyone. Uh, I'm excited because I want to announce that as of the next week I'm releasing a solo content as well. So I won't cut off with the interviews. They will still keep on going every Friday as usual but i want to add a solo cast episodes every tuesday and i will mostly share my journey and what i've learned about affiliate marketing online marketing starting an online business organic methods to promote and what i've learned from the guests really so i'll be sharing all those fun stuff every tuesday probably I will announce it again, but just so you know, heads up. And as for our today's guest, his name is John and John is amazing. He's one of one of the smarter marketers I've encountered and I really had fun talking to him. Uh, we, we were mo- mostly talking about like doing marketing research and we were going a little bit into the mindset and all this fun stuff i as i said i really had a fun time and i think you will get a lot of value out of this episode if you are stuck on these things which i see many marketers are stuck on and i myself like i was stuck on marketing research and all this stuff for a long time and even today i find myself stuck in the same place anyway i won't keep this much longer i just wanted to add there is a new intro music because i'm celebrating the new solo cast being released every tuesday so i hope you're gonna dig the music i really love this one as well anyway without further ado i present john Thank you for having me on, man. I appreciate it. I'm doing great. It is sunny here in Arizona, so I'm doing wonderful. Well, it's nice to hear. All right. I like to ask guests the first question of why. I'm very interested in why they got their online journey. Like, what is your background story? Why did you choose this online path of online entrepreneurship and stuff? Yeah, for sure, man. I'd love to tell you about it. Um, well, um, even though I look uh, pretty young, I'm actually, I just turned 30 this year. So I've been doing entrepreneurism for about uh, eight or nine years, um, give or take, on and off. Really been doing it heavy for a good five years now. But uh, it really started about six years ago, probably. Um, I moved across the country. I was a career welder out of high school. I wasn't, you know, naturally into online marketing. Um, I was always a good talker, but I was just never really into sales, never got into that. I uh, was a tradesman for a while. Um, Towards the end of that career, though, I kind of really started realizing I wanted to create a new life for myself, and I wanted to 
create an opportunity, you know, and leverage this power that I was seeing of online marketing, you know what I mean? Because I was seeing other people out there having success. So I'm just like, you know, let me jump into this. Um, so I was very passionate about uh, just being able to create a new lifestyle for myself. So initially, I, uh, I created some e-commerce businesses. I was a really hands-on type of person. Uh, I was a designer. I like art, uh, all kinds of stuff like that. So I made a couple of t-shirt brands and things like that, small e-commerce businesses that I'm getting really just trying to you know make some money online and uh, express myself in the same way too. Because um, like I said, I really like the design aspect of t-shirt brands and how um, you know, a lot of people out there really changed the world with you know just creating a clothing brand and just you know bringing a concept that they really resonate with and represent you know bringing that to the people uh, i love the power of that and especially when you throw in social media online marketing things like that it can just it can get really crazy um so that's pretty much where my journey started out um and uh i'm pretty crazy i'm a risk taker i like traveling and stuff like that so i'm originally from the east coast in the united states uh, i was born in baltimore maryland and uh, like i said i was career welder for quite a bit and uh, towards the end of that journey, and when you know, realizing that I really wanted to make my shift and whatnot, I, uh, I moved across the country to Arizona. That's where I'm at now. And uh, I was doing my econ businesses. Basically, they failed miserably um, <laughs> because I had absolutely no idea about anything as far as marketing. Uh, I was passionate. I was just really passionate, but I had no idea how to sell myself, let alone a product. So um, definitely ran into some problems, lost a lot of money. Um, you know, a lot, all that crazy stuff, but uh, realistically wouldn't change it because it, it highlighted, you know, a huge important thing that I was missing in life. Um, that's kind of why I say it like that. You know, it's not just about being able to sell a product or a service or this, that, and the other. I didn't even know how to sell myself. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't even know how to just advance in life by being able to, you know, show people how I could provide value to them. So um, it was really, you know, key changing moment in my life. Um, and after that moment, I kind of just really got obsessed about marketing and I dove into it. Um, and I kind of really just, uh, I love the, the psychology aspect of it. I just, you know, I love the brain aspect of it. I love learning about people. And uh, I was able to find out that I really actually kind of like helping other people launch their ideas more so than I really like, um, you know, doing my own stuff, like with e-com and t-shirts and stuff like that. So that led me to, um, like I said, got addicted to marketing, you know, kind of just went through the binge like a lot of people do. You know, I, I ran through, I don't know how many courses and, you know, tens of thousands of dollars probably in about two years, um, you know, just trying to max out my skill set. And uh, I started an agency and, you know, here we are a couple of years later and we're doing really good. Um, a lot of, you know, a lot of crazy stuff that I started out with, but, you know, I'm definitely one of those people that I like to learn as I go, just in time learning. You know what I mean? I, I fail and make it up as I go. So that's pretty much how I got into marketing. I love it. No, I've noticed whenever I'm interviewing someone, a lot of them are like, first, like going through something and failing. And they eventually figure out that it's marketing what is the key to like online, but I guess offline success as well. Like if you want any business, whatever you're passionate about, you eventually eventually need to learn marketing and to market as you sell, as you said yourself and your product in order to succeed. Now tell me what are some of the biggest marketing lessons you learned that finally shifted that from you like from struggling with it e-commerce into like finally succeeding with other stuff you're passionate about now right on yeah that's a great question um a couple of different things actually i'm glad you asked that because that's super important and it's one of my it's one of the things i like to tell people because i like to try to help cut people's learning curves so um definitely the first thing that really was monumental um and this really tied in with what i was just talking about um learning about how i didn't know how to market was um i realized i had a lot of false beliefs 
<clears throat> that were really centered around my um, what I thought and what I felt about marketing um, from my upbringing. You know, I came from a, um, a very low, you know, very low middle class. So, you know, I was never, never very um, rich or anything else like that. I didn't have a lot of money, um, stuff like that. So I, mean, I think a lot of that just kind of played into a mentality that I didn't realize that I had adopted about um, how I felt towards selling and just marketing. And, you know, like a lot of people do, they come to realize they have a very, a very negative, deep-seated, you know, emotional response to selling. They feel like they're, you know, ripping people off and stuff like that. So um, the first main thing was really, you know, one of my main mentors, uh, he really helped me make that mental shift and just made me realize that, you know, when you truly believe in what it is that you're doing, once you've truly been able to identify what value you bring to the world or to the table, it's not selling anymore. It's it's a completely different word. I mean, we still use the same word, you know, we still call it selling, which is what it is, but it really, it's not selling. In the, in the mentality of it, you're not selling anymore. You know what I mean? Like I talk to people and I see if I can help. And if I can help them, then for sure, you know, then we'll do an exchange. I don't, I don't feel anybody should not get, you know, rewarded or paid for due services, especially good services. Um, so that was just like a huge shift for me. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, I really don't feel like I sell people every day. The people I work with, I don't sell, you know what I mean? Like I build relationships with people and if I'm able to help, that's awesome. Um, you know, we've been able to help a lot of people and there's plenty of people that I couldn't help and that was fine too. But um, just really realizing that, you know, my whole goal as a, uh, as a marketer and selling is really centered around helping people live better lives. Um, that was just really, it clicked it for me. And then it, you know, kind of let me just let go of all those, um, those negative feelings, whether it was just, you know, feeling guilty or just, um, you know, feeling a sleazy salesman, whatever it is, you know, I've been through all of imposter syndrome, um, you know, all that stuff. Uh, so that what pushed you on that? What helped you? The mentors himself? What is the internal struggle you went through at the moment? Like, how would you help someone who asked you, like, I have a problem with it. And as you mentioned, like, I have imposter syndrome and I feel like I shouldn't charge for that if I can help someone. Like, what, what was that one shift? that helped you um well there was a lot of things yeah that's a great question there's a lot of things but um realistically like it was and i could be you know this could just be me but it was, it was really paying attention you know my mentor really had to uh, point out a lot of times to me and you know really make me pay attention to you know what was going on out and around there you know whether it's um you know selling and stuff like that um and just uh making me identify you know where that was coming from and whether or not that was you know what is it based in? It really is just a lot of, you know, if it's an internal struggle, it's a lot of introspection. You got to just, you know, really try and identify where's that coming from and why do you have that, that negative response towards it? Um, and is that story valid? Um, a lot of things about, you know, success I find is, you know, it's the same in marketing. It's all about stories The stories we tell people, you know, help change their life, but it's also the stories we tell ourselves that realistically determine how much we're going to, you know, how far we're going to go, how much success we're going to have, because we all have a story in our head that, says oh, well this is who i am this is my identity this is how much i think i can achieve so if you're not able to first identify and then be able to question that and or change that story you're going to have a really hard time selling you're going to have a really hard time succeeding so i think that's really what it is and that kind of applies to whether or not you know you're having trouble just selling like you know you're, you're selling your product well you know do you believe in your product you know do you believe in what you're doing have you know have you assessed the value of what you're doing you know what i mean um, and then as far as um, another thing, too, was just really this looking at the world out there. Um, Russell Brunston, who is somebody that, you know, I've studied for many years. My mentor actually is trained personally with Russell Brunston. Um, it was a concept that he talked about with, um, you know, not needing this massive validation 
to be an expert or be able to help people. And that was really transformational for me, you know, just about like, you know, where is this law set? Where was, you know, where is it written in stone? You know, that we, I have to be 50 years older than you or whatever, this, that, and the other to be able to help you. You know what I'm saying? I think people really confuse the concept of like mastery with an expert. And an expert just simply means I have a, you know, an extensive amount of knowledge and a specific skill set or a specific thing now. And that has no bearing on age. You know, I could spend a specific amount of years of my life dedicated towards something and amass much more skill than somebody else who continued at a very mediocre pace for maybe five or 10 years. Now, does that mean he's more of an expert than me because he's been doing it longer? I don't believe that's the case. I think that, you know, as long as you're able to validate yourself with results, as long as you're actually doing something that's helping people, then that's a game changer. And we all like lock ourselves into these boxes. You know what I mean? And we think that the world's small. We're connected to a million people on Facebook, but the world's still small. It's like, I forget every day how many people are out there that today is the first day that they ever heard about click funnels or internet marketing or, you know, today's the first day for how many millions of people that yeah, are just like, I've never heard of sales. Like, exactly. So, like very often, unfortunately. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, but if all of us, if we just, you know, confine ourselves and just go, oh, well, there's nobody out there that I can help. There's nobody that can listen to me. There's nobody that can get any value out of me. Well, we're just excluding, we're, we're leaving more to all the people that we're idolizing, if that makes any sense. You know what I'm saying? Because we don't want to step into the game and help people. And there's plenty of people that we could help along that way. I love it so much, brother. All right. And uh, I haven't let you finish. Like, what was the lesson like other than knocking out those beliefs, which I think many of many people who are starting out, uh, they're not paying attention to that. They're like going sales, sales, like how should I sell? And when they're, they're getting their strategy in question, but oftentimes they miss that main belief about selling that maybe keeps them even before their strategy. Now, as for some marketing principles, what are some of the best that you thought and that helped you pull it off? Right on, man. Um, for sure, dude. Um, there's a lot of stuff that really helped me pull it off. But uh, I'll give you one principle that's I, I say it a lot, so people may have maybe not heard it before. You'll probably see it all over the place. But um, it's one I got from my mentor, uh, Franco Rabais, a uh, great guy. He's a um, personal friend of mine, and he, he hammered this into my head for I don't know how long back when I was having trouble just really executing on stuff. Because ultimately, everything comes down to, I'm sure you know this, it's action. You got to take action, man. You know, you can you can have the greatest plan, you can have the greatest system, but it means nothing if you're not executing. So um, the quote was this, he just said, you know, John, say this to yourself every day, 100 times a day if you need to, to, you know, remind you because, and again, take this with um, a slight disclaimer, because the position that I was in, I was in a financial position at that point in time. So money at this particular time was really my goal, I needed to be able to, you know, alleviate the problems in my situation, because I had continual lofty goals of being able to help people, but my own situation was struggling. So he would always tell me money follows speed. And I don't know, there's just something about that that just always stuck in my head. It was simple, it was short, it's just money follows speed. And the concept that goes along with that is that, you know, money, and there's lots of other people talk about this. I think uh, I just listened to something like Grant Cardone uh, not too long ago. He was talking about something very similar. He just used a different analogy. But uh, money is like this thing. Um, and people, we all have it pegged differently. You know, money follows speed. It, it wants to move fast. Money isn't something that wants to be hoarded, which is why, you know, you'll see so much philosophy and principle based on that. Um, you know, 
money wants to be used. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a social contract. It's a way to, you know, fluidly exchange value. So it wants to move. So money follows speed. So if you want to have success, then, you know, and especially when it comes down to my day-to-day life, you know, every time that I, you know, don't want to send an email or I don't want to do a follow-up with somebody or you know, I think like, ah, I don't know, I should follow up with this guy, but I don't want to. And I just remember, you know, money follows speed. I'm just like, no, take the action. You know, if you take the action, you are dramatically increasing your odds of actually getting the income that you need, you know, increasing something I call your money flowing river. Um, it's a concept I use in my agency. Um, it's really awesome, actually. Uh, and it's basically just the principle that, you know, and you know this, um, whatever it is that you're trying to market, even your service, you know, more than likely, you have not reinvented the wheel, okay? Whatever it is that you're doing is already out there, right? You're not creating a market. You're not creating a revenue stream. It's out there already. What you're trying to figure out is how to position yourself correctly to get some of that money flowing to you. You know, like I'm not trying to create the digital marketing industry. I'm trying to figure out how to course correct some of that revenue into my agency. And we do this with the money flowing river. It's a concept, like I said, it's a concept that I use because everybody has a money flowing river. Unfortunately, 90% of people, they have dams in their river. They have something in the river that's causing it to not flow, whether that's an internal belief or mental belief, whether that's a physical thing, like in their, you know, their business, their you know, the funnel's broken or the ads aren't working, something like that. Um, but there's a reason why that money's not coming in. So it's all about as a marketer, as you know, an online you know, business owner just trying to be successful. If you can learn how to, you know, remove those dams, if you can get good at just removing the problems, identifying what they are, the holes in your money flowing river and removing those dams, it's simple math. The money comes to you. You don't have to create it. You don't have to do so much. Like I said, you simply have to be in the right position. And uh, I think that's just like a really big principle for me because um, I was just always running, trying to scramble, um, you know, trying to create things instead of realizing that it's, it's, you know, there's nothing out that I need to create, that I need to just position myself correctly and then just speak directly to, you know, one problem, one particular type of ICA and serve them with value. And if I do that, then I will get what I need. So that was a really a main principle in me being able to generate success and do it quickly is, you know, understanding that principle and then money follows speed. Act on whatever it is that you're doing. You know, don't hesitate. If you're thinking about hesitating, you've already waited too long. You got to move with action because if you want to generate success, it's going to be generated off of momentum. Momentum is generated through taking action and doing that consistently. So that's my, that's my principle for every single day. It's definitely something I still use. I love that and I should start implementing it more myself. I was like also struggling like a year and a half. I was just learning, consuming courses, everything, YouTube, podcasts, you name it. And I wasn't taking any action on it. And it wasn't until like a couple of months ago that I finally started taking action. And it's a game changer, as you said. No, what it's a freeing feeling too, man. It feels good. Like I said, I know, man, I did a... You know, I think originally I did um, about two years ago. I, you know, I did the Ty Lopez course, like a lot of people have done. Um, everything, hundreds of different courses, and it's just like it's paralyzing. You're just like you, you just have so much in there, and it's just it is impossible. You have nearly crippled yourself through you know excessive amount of decision making ability. Um, you know, that's another thing too. Anybody out there that doesn't know that, that's a, a ninja trick that was helpful for me. Is just knowing that you know. I'm a human. We, we only have, I didn't know this. They didn't teach us us in school. They didn't teach me that, you know, I only have a certain amount of, you know, decision-making ability, so to speak, willpower per day. And it's limited per day. And then it gets recharged. Nobody ever explained that to me. Nobody ever taught me like, Hey, 
limit your decisions, you know, make sure you're spending time on what's important and stuff like that. It's just like, so 100% though, man, but I'm glad to hear that you're taking action now, man. Uh, it feels great, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And now that you mentioned it, I learned that like maybe a couple of months ago, maybe a year ago, but that thing about decision-making, it's so important. And that's why they say like billionaires, they don't choose what they, what they will wear. They just wear the same stuff, go in the same places or let someone else chooses and they focus on the more important stuff. I like it better. Now tell me, what are some of the false beliefs when your clients come and they maybe think they have a problem with traffic or whatever, but what are usually some bad beliefs or struggles that they actually have and figure out later that they were actually struggling with? Right on, right on. Super good question. Um, there's a lot of them um, around false beliefs because unfortunately, like I said, digital marketing changes so quickly that, you know, webinars have been around for a while in particular, um, you know, and you'll, if you actually step back and actually watch the trends, you know, you'll watch people going up and down with being like, oh, webinars doesn't work. Oh, webinars do work. You know, it's just like you, you just watched, uh, you know, uh, Dean Graciosi's, uh, you know, Tony Robbins and Russell Brunston use a webinar and, you know, break the internet uh, it was about three or four months ago or whatever it was like that. You know, and just prior to that, you know, I have a good friend uh, who's in the two CCX club, uh, Austin, um, Austin Ford. Yeah. He's uh, the challenge funnel guy. So it's kind of funny. We're good friends, but he's always like, he's always throwing rocks and you know, we're marketing, we polarize against each other. So he's all like, you know, webinars are dead, you know, and I'm like challenge funnels are dead. Right. It's great. But uh, anyways, it's just funny if you step back and you, and you watch that. So like when it comes to webinars, like, they're not going anywhere. And um, realistically, like people just forget that certain things are not going to change. Like I said, but things like bots, things are going to come and go. We still have yet to see if things, you know, something like a messenger bot is going to stick. Um, but certain strategies have been around since long before the digital age. And that's basically what I try to focus in on and help people with, because like I said, um, the tactics are going to constantly change. So if you don't have, you know, like legit old school marketing stuff in there, you're going to be constantly scrambling. You're going to be constantly running. So false beliefs, they come in, like, like I said, this new age thing, you know, before the internet, what was guru status? It didn't exist the same, you know, it was not the same animal. It wasn't the same thing. So that right there, you know, a lot of people come to me and they're like, well, I don't have status or, you know, they want to build status, but they think they can't. Um, and most of the false beliefs people have come centered around the fact that they they need all of this stuff or they need they need to be something first, whether that's having a huge list or being at a certain amount of status or followers or, you know, a certain amount of validation. Um, like you mentioned before, you know, mental things are a big thing that people struggle with. Some people are just straight up like, you know, I don't I don't know if my things validate or not, you know, and stuff like that. Um, but so there's a lot of false beliefs that come along with, you know, why people don't want to do it. Uh, most of the time, it really is with people. It's an internal thing. It's them questioning whether or not they can actually achieve the success that they're saying that they want to achieve. Or, you know, when they really start getting an idea of what their life's going to be like and how much it's going to change, they just, they withdraw instead of just plunging forward. You understand what I mean? So, sorry there, man. I got off on a little bit of a tangent. Can you go ahead and repeat the question again? 
what are ma what are the main ones that you see repeated over and over again? What are the four? Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Four sure, sure. Yeah, sorry about that, man. <laughs> like I said, I'm a talker, so I'll get going, and then you know, we'll be on to something I won't even remember. So um, yeah, but like I said, that's a lot of the big things that I see. People are just you know they're worried that if they don't use it, that if they're going to use a webinar and they don't already have a large established buyers list, that it's not going to be effective. Um, and realistically, it all boils down to something that I mentioned earlier with the money flowing river. Um, it's your customer journey. A lot of people come to me with different reasons. Um, you know, it's not converting here. They're getting registrants, but it's not converting or they just, they can't get people onto it. Or, you know, there's some disconnect in there. The ironic part is it always boils down to your customer journey. There's always a disconnect. The false belief is, oh, I need guru status. That's why I'm, this isn't working. And it's just like, no, your customer journey is broken. You're, you're not targeting your ICA correctly. Or it's like, oh, well, you know, I, I need to do this. I need these huge lists or, you know, everything's got to be perfect. No, none of that's true. What you need is to have a money flowing river. What you need is to take the time to sit down and actually identify who it is that you're serving, what their life looks like, what, you know, their pain points, getting into it. People talk about this all the time, but this is a concept that I like to like go to the max on, you know, like you need to have been almost, in my opinion, one of the people that you're trying to serve because you can try and do it without that, but you're going to have a hell of a time writing copy. You're going to have a hell of a time getting a message across that resonates with those people because you don't understand the lingo as much. You don't understand their problems from inside of their head. So, and realistically, that's what's keeping people's marketing campaigns from succeeding. It's not the webinar. It's not the vehicle. It's not their lack of buyers or their lack of list or, you know, anything else like that. Um, and especially and even people that are, you know, established that um, it's, it's really ironic to me that people that will come to me and they'll be doing a good profit already with their webinar. So their product is validated. You know, they're, they're selling. So something's just gone wrong. It, but, you know, they'll come. But ultimately, nobody thinks to ask them. It's like, well, what did you change? You must have changed something. Something went wrong there. Well, what is it that you changed? You know, did you did you switch up the message? Did you switch up the copy in your ads? And they'll be like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we wanted to do that and this, that, and the other. I'm like, well, there's your problem. I was like, inadvertently, you created a disconnect. What was working is now no longer working. You changed something. Now there's a difference in that customer journey and the people aren't receiving the same experience they were receiving. Now, I understand that, you know, you can't run the same ad for 100,000 years. You got to switch stuff up. You're going to have ad fatigue. But there really is a methodology to stay in focus on that customer journey instead of it just being like, well, what's wrong? People like this offer before. Now they don't like this offer. And that's realistically how I'm able to take people that are doing 20K a month and then get them up to 50K or 100K a month is because it's often just a little tweak like that. So I hope that that kind of got back around the question. I think I went a little bit far off on it there, but yeah, I think I circled around what the main false beliefs were. It was perfect, and it got me thinking. I got, I'm getting obsessed with those things like, how do you create or find a target market? How do you help people say they don't have a product and they want to fulfill a certain need in the marketplace and to solve a problem? How do you help them like with finding the niche and finding their custom avatar? How do you help them with doing the research? I guess it's the main question around those things. That's a really good question. I hear that a lot. And honestly, it's like, I think a lot about that one a lot too, because it really is like people, you know, they want to start, they want to be passionate, but they don't, they don't know how to start asking those right questions. Um, so that's really good. Um, I think honestly that it's, um, 
it is a lot of a, of a self game. It really is when you're starting because, you know, me personally, I've known other people that have had different success in different ways, but me personally, I have always found success with kind of favoring my strengths in the sense that, you know, I worked off of things that I had experience with. I talked about, you know, like lingo and stuff like that before. So like when I first did my digital marketing agency and I was, you know, more so a general agency, I was, you know, doing anything and everything. One of the first people that I went to were, you know, like tradesmen, weld shops and things like that. I had a background in that industry. So it can't be said enough what a, uh, a little bit of experience in the industry, what that does for you moving forward as a marketer. If you're trying to solve a problem, you have to understand. You almost, you know, like I said, I mean, it can be done. And I know people that are very good at just being able to come in and go boom, boom, boom. Now this is what's going on wrong. But me personally, like I said, to, to really solve problems in the industry and then find one that you're actually passionate about. See, that's another key point too, is that like, I find that the, the problems that I'm best solving or I'm, that I'm best at solving are ones that seriously piss me off. You know what I mean? Like they have genuinely pissed me off at one point in time. That's why it's just like, I resonate with it. I feel it. I, I don't need anybody convince me. I know there are people out there that are just as pissed as me or whatever. You see what I'm saying? So, and then everything falls into place. I don't, you know, I'm not waking up questioning like, Oh, why am I doing this? Or what am I, whatever. It's like, because this sucks. You know what I mean? Like I'm fixing something that sucks. I'm fixing something that I know is a problem. So that's where I think a lot of the research comes in. So, I mean, and this isn't a hard, fast rule. I mean, you know, if you want to get into something different, I think it's really just kind of like what you said, research, get creative in your research, get out. Don't just be on the computer, like get out and get around the people, get in and around the industry, you know, feel as much as you can as what it's like and just try to understand where, where are the issues? You know, you, people will be very surprised at what a fresh perspective can do for an industry that's, you know, it's great. Yeah. The industry might be great. It's thriving, whatever it is, but you come in you go, yeah. So, you know, if you could snap your fingers, if we could fix anything, and just make it perfect, what would it be? And they'll tell you, you know what I mean? Because every industry, every everything has something that is just like, oh, God, I freaking hate this, you know, or whatever, da 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 You go, hmm, okay. And oftentimes, simply because you are from an outside perspective, you'll be like, well, what if we did this, this, and that? You know what I mean? You bring that fresh perspective, and people are just like, yeah, I really, you know, I've never heard of that before. I really like that. I'm interested in that. Now you already have an audience. You're showing people. You're just giving value, and you're learning at the same time. You see what I mean? So... Steven Larson talks about that a lot. I, you know, I follow him a lot. He's a super awesome guy. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but the capitalist big, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. And I, I love his podcast, dude, because like the way he describes things, man, he just has a way of getting into it about it. But I mean, that's really what it is, man. It's just, you know, finding something that you're passionate about solving a problem for and, you know, getting in there and doing the research, you know, you, you put that, it's like the, it's like upfront cost in my opinion. And I'm a, I'm a high energy person. You can probably tell that. So I always struggled with like, I just want to go, I want to go, I want to help people. And my, you know, my mentors would be like, all right, well, who are you helping? I'm like, I ain't worried about that right now. I just want to help people. You know what I'm saying? So it was hard for me to really sit down and put that work in up front, whether that's, a couple hours, whether that's, you know, a couple months or you know, six months, people don't want to hear that. But it's like, if six months up front is what it takes to give you foolproof knowledge, if I can guarantee you after that, that like I said, you're not going to fail, you're going to know what it is to do. By that point, you're going to be able to iterate even once you get in and you're going to be like, ah, this, this ain't working. But then you'll know and you'll know how to switch it into something that is working. Like, isn't that worth it? You know, wouldn't that be better than spending 
two years stopping and starting, stopping and starting because you have to keep going back and then learning or keep going back and figuring out like, who am I really serving? What am I really doing? You know what I mean? Like I'm in my industry. I know I'm here, but what do I want to do? I'm just passionate. I just want to help people. Like take the time to sit down and figure those things out up front. It will save you so much time and energy. I cannot even explain. So. All right. I like that. Now I have a little bit more difficult question and here it's right on. <laughs> Love okay, it. So affiliate marketing, it's because it's an affiliate product. It already fulfills a purpose in the marketplace and it's by definition, a red ocean. So say someone is new in affiliate marketing and wants to sell that product and it's already in the red ocean and he or she doesn't know anything usually about marketing there they're usually seldom like you just take product and you sell it right it's simple as that right. and yep. how would you help someone who is new and is already competing in a red market like how does he or she position themselves uh, so they get some success like with affiliate marketing and with finding the right people and not so much competing in the red ocean if that makes sense <laughs> Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. That's a great question, actually. Um, it's actually a really fun question. Oops, sorry about that. But uh, yeah, that's a really fun question, actually, um, because this is the part where like, I like to explain to people, um, you know, affiliate marketing is great. Um, I love it. Like I said, you know, don't reinvent the wheel. Just, you know, leverage somebody else who already has something that's working. That's great. Um, but I think people, what people miss is, is that, you know, a lot of the ways to really differentiate yourself in an affiliate marketing game and, you know, in a red ocean like that, is um, by being able to bring yourself to the table. You know, people, even the affiliate marketing program and, and the guy that you're selling for, whoever that might be, you know, if it's One Funnel Away Challenge and it's Russell Brunston, you know, they're buying Russell Brunston. And if they're buying it through you, again, they're still signing off on you. They're still buying you. So, and Stephen Larson, again, talks a lot about this with offer creation, you know, and bonuses and stuff that you can add on to your affiliate program. Bonuses are huge, man. People love bonuses and it's super fun to me because this is where you can get really creative. You know what I mean? This is where you can really just like add a bunch of stuff in. And realistically, when it comes to the bonuses, you don't really have to worry about whether it's good enough or not. You know what I mean? Like you're already selling somebody's patented method or product or service or course, whatever it have you may be. So that's taken care of. So the bonuses that you add on to it, as long as you have, you know, a little bit of a stomach for failure, you know, as long as you're not expecting to just go, right out the gate and make your first million in, you know, 20 days, then you'll be good. But because you can play around and you can try out new different bonuses, you can experiment with, you know, how much time and energy did you have to take to put into those bonuses, whether it's some video content that you created that you're going to add as an add on bonus, you know, to sweeten the deal to add to your Slack slide for your affiliate marketing, you know, what kind of awesome bonuses can you come up with? And it's amazing because then you're really able to shine. Because by doing that, you're going to start attracting people that are just like you because they're going to be attracted and resonate with the type of bonuses that you create. And then, like I said, go crazy with them. As long as, like I said, as long as it's within your means to do them, you know, but it gives you a really good idea for, you know, say you want to add on a bonus of, well, I want to add on some, some coaching or some personal thing, or like I said, like a video series, just talking to somebody about um, maybe overcoming mindset or fear to go along with a course for building your new business. And maybe that's something you struggled with and you overcame it. So you're going to add, you know, three extra hours worth of video on step-by-step -step how you were able to do that. And you're going to throw that in there for free. Well, 
that's going to give you a great idea of what it's like and how much time it actually takes to create video content, record it, you know, get it ready and all this other stuff or whatever. But there's no risk there. You see what I'm saying? You'll be able to immediately tell too from your market what's hidden, what's not. You see what I'm saying? And you're able to have a lot of fun. You can do, uh, you know, worksheets, you can do written stuff, you can get really creative. Um, so I think that's one of the best, easiest ways to start differentiating yourself. And, you know, again, build, even though you're an affiliate marketer, you're still building a brand around you. You know, you're selling somebody else's product, but you're validating from that product. And if somebody's going through you, then they're, you know, they're making a micro commitment on you, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? So you're still building your own brand. So, you know, I'd be particular with who, you know, picking something that you're going to represent that really represents you because that's going to come out in how you promote it. It's going to come out in your passion for it. You know what I mean? Like it's going to come across. So um, I think that's really the best thing to do because there, like I said, people have been doing affiliate marketing, not even just online for a long time. And there's always people that have success, no matter how bloody red the ocean is. So it's like, how do they do that? I think they do that by just, you know, not worrying about trying to be the best and just trying to be different, trying to be the best of them. And that will bring you in your actual raving customers. You know what I'm saying? And from that, you can build a real tribe. I love that answer. I find it to be so true. Like that's, I think, maybe the main reasons reason why affiliates don't succeed online it's like that not building trust not building audience and not differentiating themselves with say bonuses and irresistible offers even lars and pitches i love that man exactly one more question before before the last one tell me if someone wants to launch a webinar whatever industry it is like let's take affiliate marketing for example like what are maybe three or four more most important things you would tell them to do first if they are thinking of doing their own webinar and considering it to be a right vehicle for them to find success for sure man great question great question um there's definitely a lot of things that we can uh, that people can do to help prep themselves, um, and I'll explain a little bit about the things that we do. Um, my agency to you know really help people whether or not they're starting from scratch or not. Um, I generally don't really work as much anymore with people that are starting from scratch. I'm trying to really create a lot more free content now that'll be able to help with that. But um, one of the things that I mainly stress is, um, and this is something we do with our agency, is actually if you haven't done it before, take the time to do it yourself or pay for a professional to do it because this is going to be insanely valuable, but pay to have a marketing plan done. Get a customized marketing plan for whatever it is that you're trying to do. Because like with my agency, our marketing plans are basically, you know, they're designed to fix what we were talking about earlier. They're designed to really focus in on that customer journey and do that front end work and put in the time to understand your, you know, your avatar, create a sales message that's going to resonate with them, you know, really remove all those dams from a bird's eye view before you, you know, super jump into it. Now, like I said, I like moving with action, but there's nothing wrong with, you know, trying to avoid as many pitfalls as possible. And um, in my personal opinion, and in my experience, a, uh, a customized digital marketing plan is usually one of the first and easiest ways to do that. Um, ours really uh, kind of centers around what we call a three-step lead conversion system. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with, you know, systems are one of the main ways you're going to be able to build in your business, whatever it is. Um, so if you want to have success, whether you're going to use a webinar or whatever vehicle it is that you're going to use, ultimately, 
you're going to need these uh, systems in place. And the three-part lead conversion system is basically just lead generation, lead capture, lead nurture. Now, every business out there, whether they're online or brick and mortar, they have this, whether they're conscious of it or not. So it's really all about how you're leveraging that how strong that is, how, you know, how well you're utilizing that. Um, some people are completely oblivious to it. They have no idea how people are becoming aware of them. They have no idea, you know, how they're retaining their, their contacts and have no idea about following up with them. And some people are very good at it. So, um, and you can see the difference in the success that they're able to generate. So as far as a webinar goes, this is definitely something that uh, applies to that because, you know, if you want to have a successful webinar, you know, and you want to be able to do it fast, you definitely want to have that. You've got to have that sales mentality because, you know, you're asking people to, you know, you're providing value 100% for webinars, but still you're asking people to invest a slightly larger amount of time. So it is really, really important that the message is congruent. There's no disconnect. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to be telling something, somebody something on the Facebook ad, and then they get to your webinar registration page, and it, it's got to flow. It's got to connect. It's got to click. It's got to hook them good. Because if it doesn't, it's too much of a time investment to keep going. So a lot of people just see like, oh, man, yeah, webinar, and I can do this, and boom, it'll be done great. And yes, if you execute on a marketing plan just like Every other business under the sun is built on. You know, it's no different than anything else like that. So that's definitely something I like to recommend for anybody. Um, <laughs> and you'd be surprised how many people, had, like I said, I know people out there that are doing ridiculous amounts of money that never had a business plan, never did one, you know, but it's just, it's always funny because that's why I harp on it. Um, because inevitably they always hit a, a wall somewhere and, it, you know, or a hump and it's like, I just can't get over it. I don't know what's going on. I'm just like, did you ever make a marketing plan? Did you ever, you know, do you, do you have something concrete that you can go off of? You know, where's your roadmap? You know, I don't know about you, but like when I'm going, you know, through my year, like I know the bad shit that's going to happen and I'm prepared for it. I got three options for how I'm going to deal with it, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like on a micro version, how can you expect to succeed with your business and not have anything like that? You know what I mean? So it's really important as far as, you know, like I said, utilizing webinars. But I mean, outside of that, um, I tell people that, you know, webinars aren't for everything. There's plenty of things out there that webinars are not for. So I love webinars, and I think they really are the fastest way to generate six to seven figure businesses online. But again, that being said, I wouldn't try to sell iPads for a webinar. You know what I mean? So there is a certain amount of, you know, what you want to work with that's going to work best with webinars. But um, outside of that, like, I really try to simplify it for people because that's one thing that I'm really big against is, you know, people trying to put a webinar up on a pedestal or, you know, make it seem like it's something they shouldn't be doing right now. And you should, you should be working on it right now because people see a webinar as like this big beast thing. And like I've, I've talked about a little bit, it's the framework of a webinar that really makes the strength of it. You know what I mean? Uh, Russell Brunson talks about this. I'm sure you're familiar with that. That's really where the strength is. Okay. So, and if you're not working on that now, like that's the problem. You're not going to work on it later. So realistically, they kind of go hand in hand. Um, so that would really be my best advice for moving forward with anybody who's looking to have success with a webinar, whether they're established or starting from scratch. Um, you know, just do your do your research first, do your due diligence. I love it, brother. Okay, tell the listeners where they can find you online and where they can connect with you. Oh, right on, man. I appreciate it. Um, I'm primarily just on Facebook right now. Uh, I like to stay laser-focused for a platform um, for until I 
really get it mastered down and whatnot. I'm pretty close to having that done with Facebook, but uh, so you can definitely find me on uh, Facebook at, uh, I think I'm at All Day Ethos right now is my uh, tag. And um, I, am, I am branching out on Instagram too, so you can check me out at, uh, at The Real John Day. Uh, so you can check me out there. And uh, yeah, man. And if you're interested in, you know, potentially seeing it is how it is that we work with our clients and um, maybe even seeing if you want to work with me, then uh, you can check out www.activatewebinarsuccess.com. And uh, there's super awesome free training there. And you guys, you know, feel free to go and check it out. I'd love for you guys to check it out. Uh, super valuable. And uh, really just kind of, you know, adds on to a lot of things we talked about here and how it is that we help people correct their customer journey. So. All right, everyone, all the links are at affiliatejourney.co slash John. And if you're watching on YouTube, they are down below. So, John, again, thank you so much for coming. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you, Mia Drag. Thank you so much for having me, man. It's been fun. It's been my pleasure. Everyone, don't forget to subscribe. New interview every Friday. And until next time, have a great day. Goodbye. Alright everyone, thank you so much for sticking here. I hope you enjoyed the episode. John was awesome. I really enjoyed our interview. And in case you haven't subscribed, please consider doing so. And also if you think someone might benefit from this episode, share it with your friends and help us spread the word. Also if you listen to Apple Podcast, consider leaving a review, help us spread the word. Thank you again so much for listening. I appreciate you all.